Post-recording note. In this episode, we mentioned San Luis Obispo County clerk recorder Tommy Gong. Mr. Gong announced that he was leaving San Luis Obispo County the day after this episode was recorded. We wish the best to Mr. Gong and hope the county board chooses a non-partisan replacement to run our elections in a fairly manner. Now, on to the episode. Hola, buenos días. Estamos aquí con Chicas Políticas en nuestro primer pilot of our podcast where we will be talking a little bit about everything. Vamos a estar hablando un poquito en español, un poquito en inglés. And it's really exciting to see this project come into fruition. And I'm excited to be doing this with Rita Casa Verde, Greenhouse. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to let her introduce herself and then I'll introduce myself. Yay. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Rita Casa Verde. Um, I'm also really excited that we're doing this podcast. We've, I think, talked about it probably the first time we had a conversation in person and it clicked so quickly that we were like, we need to, we need to put this out there. <laughs> so it's finally here. It's taken a couple months, but I think pretty fast, right? We made this happen really fast. So. I think it happened really fast. And I think it's also very organic Yeah. because uh, as, as we get to know one another, right. And I hope we have yeah. an amazing audience. Yeah. And, you know, our main focus is for the both of us to show up authentically and to allow yeah. others to show up authentically. Y somos chicas políticas. Uh, you know, as you hear us, you'll get to know more our personalities and what it is that we do. But, you know, Rita is very heavily involved in politics. Um, yo soy Yesenia Chavarria, and I'm heavily involved in politics. And I think as Latinx uh, people, gente, um, mujeres, jóvenes, we are naturally so involved in politics. Like, todos tenemos una voz, todos estamos aquí en este país, que es el Estados Unidos, uh, y, y tenemos tendencias políticas, pero muchas mm -hmm. veces uh, no hablamos de ciertas cosas, ¿verdad? Uh, tenemos una cultura que es muy conservative. Um, it moves a lot of respect for our elders, and I think it's crucial that we created a podcast like this because as, as I think as Latinas and Chingonas, that there really isn't um, a lot of spaces for politics for women. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, we definitely wanted to create a space where we could speak, you know, freely about different issues that are happening in the community. And it's funny because I remember when we started thinking about the name, Chicas Politicas was kind of in the first version that Yesenia mentioned. And I remember being like, no, like we can't have politics <laughs> in the name because then people are going to be turned off by, by it. But then we started trying to find other names and we just couldn't call it for what it is without using the word. So we said, you know what, we just, let's call it for what it is. We cannot make ourselves not political because that's just who we are. And nuestra gente, nuestra cultura, uh, viene aquí a, a otro país y, y muchas veces nuestra existencia es politizada. 
y no es porque nosotros querramos, simplemente porque pasa y porque es la naturaleza. Así es que, uh, I'm just really excited. I'm really excited that we can talk about freely about different issues and we will try to be as cautious as possible so we don't get ourselves in trouble. <laughs> No nos vamos a poner el agua caliente, <laughs> pero no hacemos ninguna promesa. But we might get in trouble. I think so. That's so. Why. I think so. But as we know, uh, you know, women who are making change rarely behave. Yes. yes. And I think, uh, you know, that's, I think that's the, the biggest part too is, is the grace aspect that, mm. you know, I think having a platform like a podcast and having mm. conversations like, you know, even how this idea started was literally you and I hanging out over mm -hmm. coffee mm -hmm. out in your backyard, like sitting mm -hmm. on the ground and just having those conversations. And I think a lot of the times, especially with the last administration, that I'm sure a lot of girlfriends, a lot of amigas, um, comadres, they were having conversations mm -hmm. as to how it was affecting them or their children. Um, even I'm sure their spouse, their mm -hmm. boyfriends, uh, their parents. And so You know, I'm sure we'll say uh, crazy things, but, you know, uh, I ask for forgiveness in advance, <laughs> but it's, it's yes. all coming from a good space that I hope that uh, we will spark the conversation and that yeah. conversations continue. And what Rita and I say, it's coming from a space of maybe our own, uh, you know, beliefs, but we encourage mm -hmm. other other our audience to do their own research to, mm -hmm. to not take our voice a hundred percent go out do the research get active go figure out stuff you know hopefully this inspires you yeah um, but this is this is just a small fraction of what i think you know the podcast is about yeah and, and inspiring people to have a conversation to be political to mm -hmm. to go out and be civically engaged yeah i think that's it the most important thing that we're trying to do with this podcast is presenting to our community everything that is happening how we're seeing it and talking about it um and just giving opportunities to for people to become active and it has taken us i bet we'll find out how much it took you to figure out how to work through the different systems um and we'll we'll share that out for anyone that is interested in just learning more about what's happening in the community um and just the last disclaimer We're speaking just from our own perspectives. No organization that is that we're related or linked to um, is represented in this podcast. It's just our own voices, Rita and Yesenia, no one else. So you can come at us. <laughs> <The right way. laughs> I love that. So Rita, who is Rita? Just maybe give mm -hmm. out just a little brief explanation for the, the new folks that maybe don't know you or know myself. Like, mm -hmm. who are you? Quien es Rita? Uh, Rita es una chica, mujer, que uh, se mudó aquí a California hace nueve años. So I moved here to California nine years ago from Peru. I grew up, went to college in Peru, and I came here because my husband is from Atascadero, and I just started making a life here. And uh, six years ago, maybe five years ago, I realized that I had to step up, that I had been too comfortable here in California. I was an activist in Peru and uh, involved in politics in Peru. And when I got here, I stopped doing that. And I was just too comfortable, you know, I was doing my own thing. And then I just stepped up and um, been linked with many organizations in Slow County. And uh, now this is home and this is where I live. 
Yeah. I love it. Who love is it. Yesenia? Ken is Yesenia. Yesenia. Uh, I think Yesenia is just living her best life right now. Oh, I love that. <laughs> living her best life. Um, and I think Yesenia's journey has been the balance of staying true to who she is, mm-hmm. honoring her parents mm-hmm. and her culture. And it's weird, I'm speaking in third person. <laughs> But, um, you know, honoring who I am. And I think that's like a journey, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the times even finding your voice in politics, which I think, uh, you know, I've always loved politics, but I think if people like know me, they they know that this, everything that has been happening is to no surprise, but then I get this audience probably that is surprised. So for me in the forefront of everything, soy la hija de migrantes, soy Mm -hmm. mexicana. I'm... um, decolonizing who I am right now mm-hmm. and getting more intrigued in my Purepecha indigenous roots mm-hmm. that I'm navigating and, and understanding that. Um, I'm also someone who wants to live authentically and bold and just speak her truth. And I'm a true believer, uh, the truth will set you free. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I love my community and I think there's just a lot of need for, for showing up and having spaces, which I think why this podcast is also very powerful, to have spaces for people to show up or to feel identified with mm-hmm. uh, and making sure that it's safe, right? And, and not having to water yourself down, not having to mm-hmm. do this or that. Um, because I think that has been a lot of my experience too, is once again, navigating that American side, but also mm-hmm. that Mexican side. Mm-hmm. But also this, like, knowing that, como, like, in la película de Selena, you know, like, mm-hmm. nunca, tienes que, tenemos que ser más americanos que los americanos y más mm-hmm. mexicanos que los mexicanos. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's been a lot of what I've been, you know, navigating with. So that's yeah. a little bit of who I am. Yeah, and it is kind of like, I don't know if struggle is the best word to define it, but there is some type of conflict or fight right of someone that is either um daughter of immigrants or an immigrant or it doesn't matter how long you've lived here for a lot of times you are seen as an outsider and that perspective is not always shared and when it's shared a lot of people get you know surprised by Mm -hmm. those experiences so i'm really excited that we uh can use this space in this podcast to share those perspectives that are not shared enough. Um, but it will never be because we will keep sharing right. as much as we, <laughs> as we want. So, and, yeah. and I think we're ca- as siendo mujeres, yeah. chicas, you know, Latinas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have that stereotype that we're very feisty and, and maybe there's some truth to it. I don't know. You'll find <laughs> out in the podcast if it's true for feisty Stay or not. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it's, it's allowing just to, um, just to talk, no más hablando. And yeah. I think that's like one of the biggest spaces too is uh, not only speaking, but also authentically and sincerely being heard. Yeah. So I, I know we've talked in the past about inviting like guests to the yeah. podcast. So we, so we have diversity of thoughts mm-hmm. and, you know, getting inspired by other uh, chicas. Uh, and, and there's just a lot of also Latino greatness, Latinx greatness. Yes. Like I think that's like, you know, we'll be celebrating things like that and I'm just excited. Me too. Me too. This, um, I just recommend everyone listening to just stay tuned. 
uh, bear with us as we navigate the podcast world. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And that was our intro. Now, we do have some sections in the podcast that we want to walk you through. Uh, but next, we want to just do like un poquito de todo, like pick, you know, what's happening out there in the community. There's a lot of hot topics out there that we could have cho chosen from. But there have been a few that have bubbled up and that we are going to be expanding on today. Um, and one of them is Camp Roberts. Yes, Camp Roberts. It's, uh, you know, a lot of the times being in a rural area mm -hmm. of uh, California, sometimes we forget we see things on the news and we are privileged enough, I guess, if that's mm -hmm. even the right word, but to detach ourselves from reality because we're not at the border, right? We're not close to San Diego. Um, and, and we still are very rural, small, small town feel, pueblo, mm -hmm. así como la gente de, mm -hmm. de pueblo, where we don't see a lot of like heavy political issues. But I don't know what's been happening in Slow County that it's like <laughs> everything you thought could never happen, like we're being it's the happening. center of attention. It's like on fire. <laughs> we are literally nationwide famous. Uh -huh. um, not for the greatest thing. Not, not at all. Not at all. Like by far the worst case. Like we are pretty much the Florida of the West Coast right now. I think now. so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With some side of wine, right? Yeah. Just exchange the alligators for wine. And that's that's who we are right now. Um, so, yes, and yet, if you can help us get an idea of what is happening with Kimberly, because there's there might be a lot of people that have never heard of like what is happening. Some people that might have heard right. what's happening, but just really don't have a clear idea. And I want to say definitely this is a very complex issue, right? Uh, you know, we get, we're very, you know, it, it's interesting. It's a, a lot of the issues, immigration issues, we've been seeing on the news, but now it's actually happening in our own backyard, which is happening in, in Camp Roberts, which is 15 minutes away from San Miguel, very rural area, not much there, uh, which is about what I would say maybe 30 to 40 minutes away from Paso Robles. So yes, it was a reality unaccompanied um, minor children. We were expected to come to Camp Roberts and it, it kind of started as a possibility, but not like a, con a confirmed thing. And even now, like there was just so much mystery behind what does this even mean? What do you mean children are coming to Camp Roberts? And for some of the folks that may not be familiar with Camp Roberts, Camp Roberts is not the nicest place. I mean, the renovations there is not great. I know once upon a time I worked in hospitality and I remember we would get a lot of soldiers and these were grown men that didn't want to stay at Camp Roberts because mm -hmm. it's just depressing there. Uh, so to, to have an idea of having children be there is very concerning. It gets really, really hot. Mm -hmm. I mean, there isn't much access to a lot of things. And so, um, it was just concerning. And I think the worst part is not knowing what is happening, right? Mm -hmm. Like what first we're hearing that it's going to be a thousand children. And then now we're hearing that it's 5,000 children. And, and then later we're hearing 20,000 children and, and things are not being confirmed. And so there was just a lot of concerns as to what, what is, is this the best, um, you know, situation for these children? And I understand the complexity of things. And I think it, it's a testament to local organizations and local leaders getting involved. And it was, I, I want to focus on the positive, which was my takeaway, which all of this 
happened very quickly and we got resolution which is still it's still not a confirmed win but let me focus on the good things mm-hmm. right let me focus. and just and just a background for anyone that's listening and that's not uh familiar with the immigration situation in the country right now um so there there are um migrants at the border um and there was there has been a crisis for a long time mm-hmm. and so when the Biden administration uh, took over, my understanding is that there were there was a surge of unaccompanied minors that were crossing the border, and we've seen these surges in the past, like year, a couple years ago, um, happen again, and it just it just happened now, and there were unaccompanied minors, like children, mm-hmm. that were crossing the border, and in amounts that we hadn't seen, and this in the context of COVID where the Biden administration is my understanding from based on public information that's out there, um, that they had to relocate these children from the border facilities into other facilities. And so they have been creating new facilities and finding new facilities across the country. And so that's how the possibility of using Camp Roberts came up. So. Yeah, and thank you for that clarification too, Rita, because I know part of the confusion was, don't you want better conditions for the children? Absolutely, we want, I'm not just wanting better conditions, I want the best, and I think the reality, which we'll have another podcast focusing on this, because this is, I mean, this is, this runs deep, it's so broken, and it's such a big issue con nuestra comunidad, con nuestra gente, and I think for me, I know um, I got involved because I see myself in those kids. I could have been one of those children, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and the reality, I think when you condense it down, it's it's a human issue, like a humanitarian issue. And so, you know, the, the thing is, you know, we were advocating for better conditions and we know Camp Roberts was not it. You know, there's other areas that do have the infrastructure for resources. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we just don't have that here in our rural little area. We really don't have much for, for undocumented uh, community members, let alone imagine 5,000 children, we just we just lack. And then with so many issues going on, um, I, we didn't agree that the burden shouldn't go to local nonprofits or uh, even our community. And so, you know, the 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 411, the recent news was that uh, you know the the U.S. Health and Human Services HHS Department informed that. Camp Roberts will not be used to house unaccompanied migrant children at this time. Now, I'll take my win, right, uh, for what it is, but that doesn't mean that it, it, it may not never happen, right? So although it's, it's it, I truly do believe this is a step in the right direction, um, it doesn't mean we're off the hook just yet. Mm-hmm. But I think that's, that's the role of civic engagement. We continue to add the pressure. Mm-hmm. And um, these are all moving parts where everyone plays their role. Mm-hmm. And I just felt really proud. I mean, the highlight of, of the win of that too is how many folks came together, so mm-hmm. many Latinx leaders. This was led, this local movement. And when I say local, it's crazy. It wasn't just uh, Paso Robles. It was people coming from Monterey, San Jose, uh, Ventura County, Santa Barbara County, but it was Latino, Latinx led. And I mm-hmm. thought that was really powerful for us to come together and say, okay, we're going to stand together on a united front for this issue. And I'll, like I said, I'll take my win. It was a good day and mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on that. So that was, that was definitely the hot topic of the day. Yeah. And, and when you say we, it was like this coalition that you were part of, is that right? Yes. 
Yeah. It was amazing organizations. And these are organizations that either were organizations, nonprofits, grassroots, uh, people who have been invested into this. And, you know, we did some interviews and at the end of the interview, they always ask you, is there anything else you would like to say, you know, that I didn't ask? And it never makes it right. It never yeah, makes it onto the interview, right? It, yeah. Like a 10 minute interview gets condensed to, down yeah. to like 30 seconds. But the, the really amazing part is that there are people advocating for these issues, for these children. Mm -hmm. These are people who have been invested for many, many years that are doing everything in their power to make sure mm -hmm. that this is done with dignity. Mm -hmm. And absolutely, we're blessed to be in California. It could be worse somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're not Texas or Arizona, mm -hmm. right? But- Well, Slow count is pretty close, right? Well, yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's, it's almost like knowing that it's, it's not that bad, but then you get slapped yeah. with the reality that it's not good either yeah. though, right? that it is that yeah. it, lately it has been pretty bad yeah. so and I have a question for you yes because mm -hmm. you I know I've been someone some somewhat linked to the topic because mm -hmm. it's just my nine-to-five job mm -hmm. but I was not part of this coalition that, that you were part of how did it feel to see those other Latinx or it was Latinas, yeah. right? It was Latinas. Let's just mm -hmm. let's just say yeah, there there weren't forefront. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Latinas at the at the forefront. How how did it feel to you seeing other Latinas and just seeing like I met, I see you and I see other Latinas that I know are part of that coalition that have been doing this work for a long time and that have been doing advocacy work and you know mm -hmm. nonprofit work and you know getting help to the community and how did it feel to write did you get have a moment where you recognize yourself in those other Latinas that are, that are like way south or way north? How how did that feel? How did how did that go? That's a really good question, and you know it's it's uh, for for the people that are familiar with uh, San Luis Obispo County, and for those that are not, San Luis Obispo County is interesting. Uh, it's very agriculture. Mm -hmm. um, and it is a little bit separated, right? And I think in, in the movement of things and resources, nos hace falta mucho todavía. You know, we're not a Santa Barbara County. We're not a Ventura County where even with COVID, we saw so many amazing resources mm -hmm. and, and th amazing things happening in those areas. And mind you, we might be like two hours away, yet mm -hmm. it's, it feels like day and night. So to, to be able to be on this issue of hashtag not Camp Roberts and to see other, uh, Latinas uh, that are seasoned that have been doing this for 20 years, right? These are Latinas that, you know, they, they are professionals, you know, these are women who have the experience. And for me, I'm a newcomer. I'm like more like the new oh, kid on no. the block. You say that, you say that, but you've been doing this for years. And, I've been doing it for and years. But... Anyone that knows Yesenia, Yesenia might not, might not say this, but anyone that knows Yesenia, she has been out there helping the community, making such a huge impact through COVID, before COVID. So I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you speak that <laughs> thank up. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Um, and I think that's amazing for like women and also even for Latinas that sometimes it might come off like we're catty, but like once again, to the question that never gets, you know, shared is uh, the answer, which is it's a beautiful thing to be around other powerful women mm -hmm. and excuse me and to know that we're all on the same page mm -hmm. which a lot of the times i'm sure you know that it's hard to get on the same page mm -hmm. but to see the authentic uh, organic 
opportunity to come together and to mm -hmm. say, yes, absolutely not. Can't not Camp Roberts mm -hmm. and to see be amongst all these other women. I mean, whether they're being involved, um, you know, working with students, with DACA, mm -hmm. working with very amazing, well-respected uh, nonprofits, even legal resources mm -hmm. for us to all come together. I just felt yeah. so inspired yeah. and I felt so supported because even to know that I could call them and text them and ask mm -hmm. them questions and, and make sure, you know, to, to make sure that we're all on the same page, united front, that was powerful. And mm -hmm. I think that's what it's going to take for us to be politically moving agendas. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a testament that when you get like-minded people and you're on one accord, the impact that can be made. And all of this was really, really quickly. And I'm glad yeah. that we got a fast resolution for the time being. But, you know, the fact that, I mean, people were last minute doing phone calls, interviews, last minute rallies, uh, people coming together, traveling to show up to rally in front of Camp Roberts. I, 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 I take away the, the beautiful aspect of, um, como dice, el pueblo unido jamás será vencido, yeah, right? Like, yeah. unidos somos más fuertes. So yeah. that was powerful. Yeah, to the me. people united will never be divided. Um, and so, yeah, so right now we know that the situation at the border is getting better, uh, especially with unaccompanied minors. It's really sad and, um, you know, I don't wish this to anyone, but if you are a parent and you your your last resource is to let your kid go without you, you just have to be in a very desperate situation, I think, regardless of parent, right? And mm -hmm. um, just knowing that the numbers are decreasing of, of, of situations like that, it, it's, I think that is the best, the best news, I think, from, right. from, from everything, right? That, less families feel like they have to be separated because that's just their last resource. And we have seen that many of the country of origins of these kids, um, they were in a bad situation before COVID. Right. And without a safety net, without preparedness, without, you know, it, it took the U.S. by surprise. Right. And we are the top country in the world, mm -hmm. at least that's what a lot of people say. Um, so just imagine what other countries are dealing with, right? So if you add their previous struggles and on top of that, a whole year of COVID mm -hmm. and these countries are still struggling, we're kind mm -hmm. of seeing the other side, right. but these countries are struggling and, you know, their economies are bad, their health services are bad, already their situations were bad. And the last resource they have is to send their kids and be hopefully reunited with, with their relatives on the other side of the border. Um, it's just, it's really good news to know that those numbers are decreasing, that the situation is getting better and that healthy human services can use the existing facilities to deal with, with what's happening. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm really proud to know that I know you and I know a lot of people that, you know, were willing to come together and think of what was best for children. You know? Right. And I think that's what we have to keep in the forefront. I understand the complexity of um, the issues at, at stake, but mm -hmm. I also like in the forefront of everything, these are children at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Right. And we have to acknowledge the fact that in this country, we do have 
a very historical background of family separations mm -hmm. and you know it's not 2021 right under the biden administration and it's you know we'll talk we'll talk more about that because i think it is the power of the people mm -hmm. to hold accountability and to say yeah. not just because we have biden in office doesn't mean that we're going on cruise control no it's mm -hmm. like we're still we're still gonna go at a hundred percent. So maybe we can be met at a comfortable 30%, right? <laughs> that the the art of negotiation, right? Knowing yeah. that we're not gonna get everything we asked for, mm -hmm. but um, you know, huge shout out to uh, Congressman Salud Carvajal and his team too, because uh, we got to see the, the playing out of how our politics does work mm -hmm. when we are civically engaged. So shout out to him. I know he's in a tough position and we will, continue to make him feel uncomfortable, but it's it's all knowing that we want families reunited and we want children to uh, be joyful, right? Yeah. We want them to have that little glimpse of of hope they've already gone through so much yeah. that let's, let's start the healing process, right? So. Yeah, and shout out to everyone in the community that had a voice on the issue because either you were in like not Camp Roberts or, right. <laughs> or I, there was another version like maybe Camp Roberts or I think it was like, yes, here, but not there, you know, right. what or or whatever position that you were in but if your thoughts were let's do the best for the children mm -hmm. just thank you for doing that because we know i know that there are people out there that were not thinking about the children and were mm -hmm. you know being pulled into that politicized um which is not always bad but just going to that other extreme of like hell no not here not in right. my backyard not with my resources take them away they bring COVID and all mm -hmm. those bad misinformation that is out there yeah and i'm glad you brought that point up because i know that our movement of not camp roberts we almost got like not almost we did get clustered in that whole idea too like mm -hmm. and that was never the issue we were never concerned about the children taking our resources it was more like we don't have resources to even uh, support these children and and you know at the end of the day um you know if we you know Paso Robles was such the hot spot of COVID if we couldn't even get it together for mm -hmm. for our own neighbors and friends how do we expect to get it together for 5,000 children yeah right and that's and to me like I am a true believer we have to be honest of where we're at mm -hmm. and assess the situation and that's why I was thankful that we came together as a coalition to not make it a movement of one person, but actually a coalition of here are all of these amazing organizations, grassroots groups coming together. And there was like probably like maybe even 10 of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you come together, it's just powerful in that sense. So yeah. I know that we can definitely talk more about it and we will be talking more about mm -hmm. it because that is a hot, another hot topic, right? Yeah. That will, as we continue our podcast, you know, we'll either do a hot yeah. topic or a rant mm -hmm. and noticias. Um, yeah. There's, there's a lot to cover. Uh, there's so much going on. And, and Rita, you made a comment, you know, um, about, you know, slow County just being the, Oh my goodness. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys are into telenovelas. If you are from Latin America, you were forced to watch uh, telenovelas from probably your first memories. <laughs> and one of the biggest telenovelas out there uh, was Mariela del Barrio. And it was the, it was this amazing story. Like if I, if someone hasn't watched it and, and, read the summary of this telenovela it would be like yeah that sounds like a telenovela <laughs> like this poor girl that I don't even remember the whole thing but poor girl becomes rich because meets this guy and but then there's this evil lady called Soraya 
Montenegro. Oh my god, I remember the last name. We need to we need to get um like a, a, her evil laugh and yeah. her like talking. And I, I think people know know her from the meme of laughs in Spanish or yes. cries in Spanish. So if you've seen the meme cries in Spanish, that lady with the short hair, that is Soraya Montenegro. So we're gonna give the Soraya or El Sorayo to the evil villain <laughs> of the episode and you know take it with a grain of salt they're not no one is inherently evil but but you it have has to been remember a shit show. but you have to remember or oh, some of latinas and yeah. we we like adding spice to any situation <laughs> and we know we um i think that's also like in a way how we we cope with things by laughter <sighs> and so this yes. should be taken with you know, laughter, but also yeah. a, a moment of seriousness, but yeah. also like, you know, just just understanding like yeah. we're, we're here to speak truth too. <laughs> yeah. And so what has been happening other than uh, Kim Roberts, there has been so much, but the other thing that we wanted to touch on was the last board of supervisors meeting has gotten national attention and for all the wrong reasons. And if you're listening to this and you live in San Luis Obispo County, you know what we're talking about. And this was the Board of Supervisors meeting where there were hours and hours of comments uh, regarding Dominion voting machines and election fraud and everything that you see in the news in Arizona or in Florida or in Georgia. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's happening over there. And then suddenly it's here in our own backyard. Oh man, that sounds creepy. <laughs> but uh but it happened here and then now we're like national news we've been on the washington post on msnbc uh on the la times we've pretty much been everywhere and they have been talking about that awful night where people left voicemails and there was a horrible comment that i most people have probably heard about uh, there was one lady that was talking about the dominion machines and election fraud and how um, most of the people that called and most of the people that were rallying outside that mm -hmm. day were against Tommy Gong, the county clerk recorder. So if you live wherever, uh, there is a, your county has an office that's in charge of elections. And that in this case is our county clerk recorder's office and the person leading it is Tommy Gong, amazing guy. Right. Amazing guy. But this lady just attacked him and said, uh, he said, she said that um, she thought that Tommy Gong was probably linked to the Chinese Communist Party. Now, keep in mind, right, uh, Tommy Gong, I mean, maybe the last name, right? You already know this is an Asian man, mm -hmm. right? And I think what's, what's heartbreaking and I think what's um, straight up zero tolerance for Asian hate mm -hmm. is that, you know, we've been seeing Asian hate happening all around in the country, yeah. right? And this rhetoric of uh, xenophobia mm -hmm. and the reality that we've had leaders say, oh, racism does not exist uh, in Slow County, right? Systemic, yeah. uh, the most famous one, Chris Arend and Soraya for sure. Uh, systemic racism is a myth and this is what's crazy right um in that specific meeting right the topic of discussion was um there was an agenda being pushed to to get rid of voting by mail getting rid of early voting getting rid of drop-off locations and requiring voter id 
And so I understand that people are pushing their political agendas, but you cross, you completely cross the line when you attack someone and you make it about someone and not just about someone, but the fact of you are making uh, a very racist comment based on their race. Mm-hmm. Like that was absolutely yeah. unacceptable. Unacceptable. And you know what's the most frustrating thing? I was actually listening to that meeting live. And so was my husband and like a bunch of friends. Uh, we knew what was at stake. So we stayed up till 11 p.m. I think that was when the meeting ended. Right. That was a super long meeting. Super long meeting. The meeting was supposed to, uh, the agenda item was expect. the meeting started at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. We were there for like 13 <laughs> hours. Jesus. I wasn't following the entire thing, but I was following updates. Mm-hmm. And the meeting, and everyone expected, yes, the item to be like before noon. But then, you know, Debbie Arnold, one of her supervisors, if you're not aware, we have five supervisors in our county representing the same amount of people. Um, and right now, San Luis Obispo County has three Republican supervisors and two Democratic supervisors. And one of the Republican supervisors, Debbie Arnold, is actually my supervisor, started going on on like she does this all the time when she doesn't want to get to a topic she just goes on and on makes it super long but she made it so long and some things that didn't really make much of a difference like vaccine passports she just went on and on (laughs) talking about vaccine passports even though it wasn't even the agenda she had brought it up before distracting distracting and so she made it so the topic of voting uh, restrictions or, or voting model went after lunch. So then everyone that is waiting in to give public comment has to wait after lunch. And then when the supervisor returned from lunch, there were other items in the agenda and they decided to push it to the end of the meeting. And so by then it was like maybe 8 p.m. when the whole thing started. And it's just, it's just wild to see, um, you know, how like the system is built. And then like we want to push for civic engagement. And then you like realize you have to put in 13 How, like, hours. self-centered some people are, yeah. right? Like for Debbie to uh, step out of her role and to yeah. really push what she wanted to at the expense of callers. And I remember being also on there uh, on the call and it was my, I'll, I'll be honest, it was my first supervisor meeting, uh, you know, that I was chiming into. Oh and my as gosh, I'm hearing, that was your know, first was supervisor first meeting? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> didn't they start at 9 a.m and it's now like eight o'clock like what's going on like is this like a normal thing but the crazy thing is that there was something huge at stake right Mm -hmm. is voter suppression is a real thing and it's Mm -hmm. actually happening Mm -hmm. it happened Mm -hmm. here in our own backyard Mm -hmm. like this 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 shit doesn't just happen Mm -hmm. right in georgia we're seeing like it happening play out and i regardless of where you're at i'd invite you check out your own county it's probably happening happening there too like this isn't just something that you see on the news like this is really happening and as i'm hearing the callers i'm getting that i'm hearing them getting more and more worked up and and it's crazy and and you we've heard people um trying to create xenophobia Mm -hmm. you know distrust right Mm -hmm. And, and pinning it to be the enemy but i remember the caller uh, you know, making that comment about Tommy and mm-hmm. it just, my jaw just dropped. Yes. I could not believe someone went there mm-hmm. and it was, it was one and of those And it was things. there, right? It was, it was one of those things where you could feel 
that it was there because they were attached to his name. Oh, yeah. It was there. It was there. But then it was actually there. It was like yeah. a lady just like put it out there, visible, spelled it out for everyone to just see. And it right. was, was so frustrating that during the meeting, the two Democratic supervisors immediately said, this is unacceptable. Like, this should not happen. And then one of the Republican supervisors, John Bichon, which is my up, district supervisor, yeah, stepped up for this <laughs> for this specific specific call, specific naming, specific mm-hmm. racist thing, um, and said this is not unacceptable. And then what did the other two supervisors do? Debbie Arnold and Lynn Compton, who, by the way, Lynn Compton is up for election in 2022. Right. They didn't, they didn't say, they didn't call it out. They didn't, con- they didn't condemn it. They condone and by not saying anything. And that's Lynn Compton of District 4, right? Uh-huh. Her term ends in 2022. Yeah. And Debbie Arnold, District 5, her term ends in 2024. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Lynn Compton, District 4, she represents... I believe Rio Grande, Oceano, Nipomo. So if you're listening and you're living in any of those areas, like you need to start paying attention because you have a supervisor that is up for re-election that did not condone, I'm sorry, did not condemn a racist comment towards our county court recorder that was live. Not only was that racist, it was just pure evil and hate. It was just hateful, mm-hmm. like to, and I think, and I think, you know, um, as, as like women, right. As you know, we're, mm-hmm. we, we just shared our identities, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we identify as immigrants and, and you know, I don't know Tommy that well, I don't know his story. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why do we all, why is there that, and we saw it so much in the Trump administration with the xenophobia that he was pushing. Uh, which was like the Chinese virus, right? Oh my um, all the Asian attacks happening in San Francisco in mm-hmm. this country, Everywhere, right? That it was yeah. it was very real. And I know my Asian friends have been attacked, mm-hmm. but to have it also in a public, whether it's happening on a private setting or in a public setting, it's never acceptable, period. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you're Republican, mm-hmm. if you're Democrat, mm-hmm. I don't care if you're any rate, like, we have to stand up for that mm-hmm. and call it out. Mm-hmm. It's absolute. It's tactics to divide us, and it's and, and it was so unfortunate. And I don't know Tommy, but I apologize to you, in, in the sense that I hold accountability and responsibility also to you because I know as a listener, that was not appropriate. No, not. That was not okay. I I know that my voice matters, mm-hmm. and I know that I stand in solidarity with my Asian brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. That there is zero tolerance for that. And the fact See, that it rough. happens, yeah, like we can never erase that. And that's the crazy part. Like this was recorded. Yeah. Right. And so shame, shame on Lynn Compton and Debbie Arnold. Like at the shame. end of the day, you know, it's just unacceptable period. It just makes you think like, if you are not willing to call that out when it's being recorded, when it's in a public setting, when it, it, you are up for reelection, what are you allowed in a private setting? Exactly. What do you say right, in a private, exactly. private how setting? Many, how many times have you actually allowed it to happen, yeah. right? How many, why are you comfortable yeah. not saying anything? Yeah. You should be disgusted by that type of behavior and language. Right, and, and Tommy, like, I've had very, um, not many interactions with him, but what I see from his demeanor, and, and I will say this too, 
um, any person, yeah, we want to be proud of our heritage, mm -hmm. but our heritage should not be weaponized. Mm -hmm. We love this country. And when mm -hmm. I say we, I'm talking everybody that maybe looks different than not having blue eyes and blonde hair, mm -hmm. right? We love this country. Like, stop pinning us out. And it's disgusting to have seen that time and time again with um, Asian heritage, specifically Chinese folks being pinned as though they are the enemy like mm -hmm. we need to stop that asap and, yeah. and for those that that made that you know may for those that did not stand behind that comment mm -hmm. and that are upset that want to know what they could do make sure you are rallying and supporting the candidates that are running against these two women mm -hmm. right um that is not appropriate and we have to keep pushing and mm -hmm. and and you know at the end of the day, the vote, the vote is where it's going to matter. Yeah. And just a tidbit to anyone. I don't know if actually you know this, Yesenia, but in December of 2019, I remember because I was in Peru traveling, it was right before the pandemic. Uh, December of 2019, there was um, uh, news came out that one of the commissioners, so people that get appointed by the supervisors, one of Lane Compton's commissioners mm -hmm. one of district four commissioners had been posting uh um nazi uh content in his facebook account where he was uh comparing nancy pelosi with the nazis and had nancy Na nancy pelosi wearing a nazi uniform oh my gosh and he also had other anti-semitic content in there he also had um uh anti-muslim content in there and there was a big push from the community i was not here in the country at the time but i i, I follow the news there was a push a big push from the community to get that commission commissioner out of mm -hmm. his position and guess what lynn compton did oh my goodness she never condemned it either never there's no record she never gave a comment about it she hid and she was she did not get rid of that commissioner un, until like weeks after when it became news and news and news in a call for once his once the backlash was real once she was feeling the yeah. heat and then you then she felt she needed to do damage and control. i think he resigned oh wow uh, don't quote me on this but you should look up uh just google lane compton district four commissioner nazi like you should not get results if you put your name and <laughs> right. nazi next to your name right. you should not right. get any results and warning right like we're living in uh in the new new era of social media yes. so like whatever you pose and there's like so many people that they live for this they will look at what you're posting yeah and and if you feel that comfortable that it's all right for you to be posting hateful things like that then you know at the end of the day i'm not going to have that much sympathy for you if, if yeah. people come after you because there is accountability and i think you know with tommy um absolutely you know unfortunate that that happened it should never and it, it should never happen again right and how can we make things right with tommy because i really my heart breaks for him yeah. that it just and it goes back to this whole idea that uh, it, it sometimes feels that we're never going to be american enough right yeah. that our our limitation is set to our appearance. And I think that's heartbreaking. And I know that, um, you know, como gente Latina, that's something that we face a lot too, uh, you know, and, and it just, it makes me, it makes me feel like 
there's so much work yet to be done. Yeah. And there was so much work that was undone yeah. because of this past administration. And we're yeah. also seeing the repercussions of this. Yeah. But like how I said, the the where we get our power back is when we show up at the polls. Yeah. And, you know, we should be able to have conversations about what type of voting model we should have mm-hmm. without going there, you know, without Absolutely. going. And it, it's how do you even and that's the thing right when you jump from going from what voting model you like the most to a comment like that you start seeing that there has to be something that's linking those two right and those are the that's the subtext right like that's mm-hmm. the the background work that's the misinformation happening mm-hmm. behind the scenes it was maybe not mentioned by other colors but you can tell that that was the subtext oh yeah and i would even i would even invite y'all to listen to back to those things because i'm a true believer like you have to like don't don't take my word for it you listen to it Mm -hmm. and like you have to you have to like really really experience it because if you listen to the callers which is what rita's saying so many callers were like hinting at it Mm -hmm. at the fact that because this we have an asian man Mm -hmm. in this position and yes this caller had like you know i don't know what fueled her that day but no filter just spewing out hate uh, and she went there, um, shame on her, you know, yeah. like at the end of the day, yeah. that's not acceptable, period. Yeah. It's not, it's not, not acceptable at all. And yeah, it, it, it sucks. And I think, um, I'm really glad that Tommy has been able to find, or the media really has been able to shine light on this because in so touch many, about the media, like yeah. who, who else has covered this? So we were in Rachel Maddow. <laughs> San Luis Obispo County was on Rachel Maddow, not nationwide, and it was shameful, you know, and the caller was like the record, the recording, like the voicemail was live, and I'm sure everyone that heard it, you could see on Rachel Maddow's face of like, that happened in San Luis Obispo County, you know, and just, just know that we are not San Francisco, we're not LA, we're Mm -hmm. we're San Luis Obispo County, and just like when you hear a county somewhere out in Georgia mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it's happening in that little county. Right. We are that county right now. So you have to, like Yesenia said, you have to be loud about being against this. And there's really no no other way. Because I know that a lot of people that know about the news disagree with that caller, but they're right. just not saying it. And they're not saying it in, in loud way. So the next uh, board supervisor meeting is on June 8th you i encourage anyone to uh look up san luis obispo county board supervisors or any county that you that you live in and um leave a public comment you can send an email uh to your board supervisors you can leave a public comment on voicemail so you don't have to even wait till june 8th which is really nice because in that way you just record it and then you're done yeah and then if you have time right which this one was like so long you can you can go ahead and and go back but so so rita what would you say what are the biggest takeaways from that specific incident Mm -hmm. that we need to like remember and and make sure that we're reminded when it's time with with um, election season for supervisors you know, if you are not willing to condemn someone sharing anti-Semitic posts and you're not willing to fire them, you're actually going to wait till that person resigns, which I just looked up. His name was Jim Harrison. Look it up, Jim Harrison, Nazi posts, Lane Compton. <laughs> and you'll find it. Uh, if you're not willing to condemn that type of behavior, 
just thought that you're gonna let it happen again and guess what she let it happen again yeah, debbie did. arnold also did not condemn that behavior mm -hmm. she also stayed quiet behind lane compton and now they both let it happen again with tommy gone and let me tell you anyone that's listening to this this is going to happen again right and if it hasn't already that we're not aware of because right. we're not recording it or we're, it's not public comment mm -hmm. so we i think the line of what was acceptable for uh, an elected official like like lane compton is like way past like the line right. is so in it's so far away that it's a dot in the horizon you know right. like it, so she you know she could be really good to some people and whatever she does i have not seen anything good that i can come up with i'm sorry i'm trying to think <laughs> and just nothing comes up but well if we have nothing to work with we have nothing to work <laughs> yes. with like don't get mad at us for <laughs> yeah. for you know yeah. but uh <laughs> i mean i i don't know she says she's doing things but um if you if you think that those type of people should not be representing and should not be should not get paid by tax paying money you should look up um, uh, who's running against her and not only vote for that person. Like if you, let's just put it this way. If you are mad that, or you're just like shocked that that comment happened, vote for the other person, you know? And that link come to didn't say anything, vote for the other person. If you're outraged that mm -hmm. that type of comment was allowed and does not condemn and that you think that it's completely unacceptable, volunteer for that person that's right running. yeah be an ally we need we need we need allies to stand with our asian brothers and sisters because that's mm -hmm. i that's the way i really boil it down that here mm -hmm. was a, an attack to an asian man mm -hmm. right like we need to make sure that he's doing his job just imagine it wasn't like someone goes to their job and just gets and it's just staying all the way up to 11 p.m presenting right. voting models for the best of the community mm -hmm. to like super neutral about the whole political situation he has to be neutral right yeah but not everyone i mean all elected officials should be neutral at that point right <laughs> another, be political. another another podcast topic yeah i mean be political outside of mm -hmm. your of your job you know but you have to represent the people in a right. from an neutral position so um he was there doing his job he was doing a really good job and he just gets called out like that and i don't know I, I, as an immigrant who has been attacked by the color of my skin, mm -hmm. sometimes those things do bounce, but we shouldn't, mm -hmm. I, sh I shouldn't have gotten to the place where those things bounce. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think all of us like have had an experience. Mm -hmm. Either we get called out for speaking Spanish in public spaces. Oh my spaces, gosh, right? Chris we get, we get called out <laughs> for being too dark. We get called out yeah. for- you Or know, accent. Right. And it's like, here's, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if we're Latinx or Asian. We still yeah. face that the same issues. Like it's yeah. the same crap. And yeah. at the end of the day, like we, as minorities, we need to come together, right? Yeah. Like this is a, a perfect opportunity to be an ally, yeah. whether it be volunteering, donating, whatever it may be. But I think we need to send a strong message. Yeah. Shout out to API Slow. It's a new group that mm -hmm. actually they put in API 
march and rally in slow and now they have an instagram account and mia shen was yeah yeah mia, yeah, yeah. yeah mia's amazing yeah mia's awesome shout out to mia the yeah, the mia. um the amazing asian i think she called yeah. herself something, something like that but she's amazing and i think she recently wrote a book so check it out oh my gosh yeah. yes yeah well um it's like a me- something about a mentor right uh-huh. like she's um she's amazing super talented she's a teacher uh and uh you know We'll we'll give a, a love shout out to her on our on our social media outlet. So be on the lookout on that yes. on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, by the way, you um, find us as Chicas Politicas. We're gonna be uploading a lot of content uh, through social media. But that's that's a shit show. I think we can probably leave the actual voting model conversation for a different um, a different podcast episode. Just as a summary of what the decisions that were made that day, we the board supervisors are Republican majority voted to get rid of early voting. So it's just one day voting and it's only at your assigned polling location. So let's say you live in Paso and you work in Slow. Paso Robles is north of our county and San Luis Obispo, which we call Slow. Uh, is maybe 30 minutes away 30 minutes. So away, let's yeah. say you live in Paso Robles and you work in Slow and it's you can only vote one day so it's going to be a tuesday so and you have to work all day you have to make time right and plan your day so you can go vote on that tuesday in paso because you cannot go to a location in slow to vote because it's just your designated place on Mm -hmm. that one day so they board supervisors pretty much chose the most restrictive majority and the two democrats voted against it so i think it's it's good to call that out they were pretty outraged and who who were they so Don Ortiz Leck and Bruce Gibson are mm-hmm. the two Democratic, uh, two Democrats and the Board of Supervisors. Don Ortiz Leck represents District 3, which is pretty much all of Slow. I think Grover Beach um, and Edna Valley a little bit maybe. I might be getting that wrong. Um, and then Bruce Gibson uh, represents the coast up from Cambria, uh, Los Osos, Moro Bay. And they're both actually up for election in 2022 again. So people, you have to pay attention if voting rights is not your thing, which I think should be everyone's, but if it's right. not your thing, find your thing and follow that topic and see how those people are voting. And once you uh, see how they're voting, those sports supervisors, check out who's up for re-election, which pretty much is everyone right. except John Pichon and Debbie Arnold. So if you live south of Templeton in Atascadero, you are going to be voting for who gets the majority of the board supervisors in 2022, around June of 2022. So start supporting their campaigns because they're going to need all the help they can get. Right. And for anyone that's listening to us that is not part of San Luis Obispo County, look up your county. Look yes. look up who's your supervisor. Yeah. Uh, send them an email. Honestly, like you'd be surprised how you can get in contact with people mm-hmm. and get to know where they stand on issues. Uh, there's going to be a lot of important things happening mm-hmm. in the next, you know, even Biden administration, you know, once Biden is, is out, you know, I think we're going to have a lot of challenges that yeah. we're going to be facing. And so for anyone that is not part of San Luis Obispo County, do you do the homework trust me you're gonna you're gonna we're right now we're digging and talking about the the craziness and the madness happening here i'm sure there's some crazy stuff happening in other counties too yeah your (laughs) county your city your school board right um there's a lot of things that are being pushed from national uh parties down to the smallest of the board so pay attention get involved um 
Yeah. And when yeah. we upload this, uh, let us know, like if you're in Slow County, what is, what is, what is really like upsetting to you? Let us yeah. know if you're part of a different County, let us know what's happening in that County. What are the issues that you don't mm-hmm. agree with? You want to hear from you guys. Yeah. Are you having similar, similar issues where you're, where voting is being made more difficult rather than easier? Cause that, that should be the goal, right? right. It should be early voting, vote by mail, which you can still vote by mail. Um, but because the California state legislature is protecting us this year. Right. Uh, but if you don't have, if you're in California and you are registered to vote, uh, make sure that you're registered to vote as voting by mail. That way the ballot gets to your house and you have right. more freedom on timing and on methods of giving your ballot. Uh, but if you're in a different state, just look up what is the easiest way to vote. Uh, just say, just look up how to vote in my state and uh, you'll find steps on how to vote because if you're not registered you have to register immediately uh, and just get that out of the way make it vote by mail in california and you'll get your ballot right definitely a lot of a lot of good wisdom there and absolutely we we stand with tommy and absolutely there's zero tolerance for asian hate for xenophobia any sort of hate towards any any group so not okay okay. uh so Moving on to to a, like the villains, like there's just a lot of characters so happening many, so many. <laughs> in Slow County, um, which is why we wanted to to you know highlight Soraya. In this case, it's going to be a Sorayo, uh, mm. and you know just highlighting someone that is just really um, limiting folks that is not yeah. acting right. Yeah. How would you I How mean, would you describe that like that? With, with Soraya, Soraya. So we actually have two Sorayas, you know, like, because if you watch this telenovela, Soraya is like pushing people down the stairs, it's setting people on fire. <laughs> it's just like really blocking everyone's happiness. Um, killing the vibe. Just killing the vibe. Um, so I think that Soraya goes to Lynn Compton. Lynn Compton? I think so. I think so. Okay, all right, tell me more. Why does why does Lynn Compton uh, get the Soraya? Because this is a, well, second strike regarding um, mm. hate speech. Right. And there's no second strikes on hate speech. Right. Should be, you, you get it right that yeah, first time. Yeah. And even, and yeah, even yeah. Well, well, let's say, let's say that Lynn was having a bad day. Maybe she, maybe she was not feeling her yeah, best yeah. that day. It yeah. should have been her team yeah. and her friends and shame yeah. on her friends too, right? Yeah. If you if you have a friend and they mess up and you love them enough, you're gonna call them and text yeah. them. What happened? You need to do damage control. Maybe so, Link up doesn't have good friends. <laughs> well, I think that's a fact now, based on the way she handled that situation. Yeah, because actually, um, supervisors have given interviews. Oh, they have. Yes, to like the LA Times and other other outlets, and they keep quoting Bruce Gibson, Don Ortiz, Leg, and John Pichon, the people that right. you know um, came to defend uh, Tommy Gong at that meeting. But we haven't heard from Debbie Arnold or Lynn Compton. So it's still crickets out there. Crickets, crickets. So Lynn, what's going on? What's up? Girl? You, you, you gotta speak up. Te queremos escuchar. El pueblo te quiere escuchar. ¿Qué está pasando? No, I think I think um, strike two is not not um, 
it, it just it should not be allowed when it comes to hate speech. You know, the first one should have been a no brainer back in 2019. Right. Especially to that extent. Like, yes, if there's evidence on your name. Yeah. And in social media, we know like, yeah, that's your account. Yeah. Like that's that's you. Chances are that's you posting yeah. stuff. And to, to yeah. that extent, like yeah. we know what type of person you are at that yeah. point. Yeah. And if, if <laughs> she should have fire that guy when the news came out like the day of you know sorry but this is just not allowed and it's a if anything it's a distraction from her good work but obviously that was not the case you know not at all so and she didn't care so she didn't fire the guy and um it it has happened again sadly all right, Lynn Compton, Soraya. I get it, Soraya. Soraya. <laughs> okay, so next, um, so what to do next? What are what are the things that people should be? We've touched on two very big topics, which was Kim Roberts and the Board Supervisors Call on voting model. Uh, but what what do you guys? What do you think people should be paying attention now? Like what? What do we send them with? What's the, the yeah? So we have a little saying with a chicas políticas aquí. Andale, échale y apúrate. Mm-hmm. Que no tenemos todo tu tiempo, así es que apúrate. Andale, yes. échale, apúrate. Andale. Um, they, all, they all pretty much mean the same, but they're very right. Different, different, right? Like, andale, you say andale when you just want someone to like get on, you know, like start moving, start moving, right. and then échale is when you're like. Hey, put put your shoulder into you know, put your back into right. it, right? Like, put a, yeah, right. yeah, back into yeah, it. put some <laughs> seasoning into it, and then apurate is like, okay, now you're going, now you're putting effort into it, but now apurate is like, come on, we don't have time. Yeah. It's it's 2021, guys. We don't have the luxury of time, unfortunately. No time. Yeah, so definitely immigration reform. It, it ties back to what's going on with uh, the children and detention centers. What's going on at the border? what's going on even with DACA and everything just, you know, it's, it's time we're overdue for some sort of immigration reform. And like I said, not just because we have Biden in office doesn't mean that we go on cruise control. And no, mm-hmm. there's a lot of work to still be done. So definitely um, as Latinx, we need to get on the same page. I know we have some Latinos that, you know, did support the Trump administration that do vote mm-hmm. Republican, but like, let's be real. Like I always go mm-hmm. back to this with that, like, we all have a tío, a tía, mm-hmm. a cousin, mm-hmm. a friend who is here as a DACA recipient or someone that does not have still um, their status. Yeah. So like, to me, it's like this, this issue is not taboo. So let's yeah. not act like it's taboo because yeah. this is close to home. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, my parents had the opportunity to come into this country. Why not pay it forward? Why not push mm-hmm for others, right? Like these are people who have grandchildren now at the, at this mm-hmm. point. We don't want, when we're, when we're saying we don't want family uh, separation, I'm also talking about families living here already mm-hmm. that have, you know, maybe the parents don't have status that their children were born here. Mm-hmm. And now those children have children and now the, the, the abuelitos, you know, have those closed mm-hmm. ties. We don't want Especially that. in California, there's like some really shocking numbers and I, I don't have them with me right now, but there's a big amount of no, uh, number of kids that have at least one undocumented parent. I think it's like two, like three out of eight or something like that. It's, it's like real. really, really high. It's real. It's real guys, yeah. um, which is another, it's going to be another uh, 
podcast topic, yeah. but we have to come together, right? Mm-hmm. We got to come together. We got to hear from the people. Mm-hmm. We got to get involved. Así es que, yeah. And andale. immigration reform doesn't have to be partisan either, right? right. Like both, we need both sides. Right. And, and now I have a question because, mm-hmm. and I know we'll probably go into this in other podcast episodes too, but there's a lot of people that say, well, I came here legally. So why can't everyone else come here legally? And I think what a lot of people don't know is that the immigration system really benefits those with the most amount of resources, right? Right. So if you're trying to get a visa to the U.S., for example, anyone that has tried to do that, mm-hmm. it's easier if you have a lot more assets in your country of origin right. to get the visa, even if it's a tourist visa. And you have to have people to vouch for you, too. Mm-hmm. You don't just get that visa and just come over here. No, like there's people in the U.S. that are saying, I'm going to make sure yeah. that this person yeah. honors the visa, yeah. follows everything that they need to do. So that's resources and connections. All right. that is privilege. Right? It is It is a lot of privilege. And, mm-hmm. and the reality is even um, the process of everything, right? The process yeah. is just it's super like long. It's like a year wait for depending on the country that you're coming from. And just right. imagine if you are not if you just want to advance you know in, right. in a way and you think that advancement is in the u.s and you want to apply in 2021 you're not gonna wait till 2030 you know when right. you're in danger and i think i think we need to keep on pushing that dialogue and even start having uncomfortable conversations yeah. to, to see okay what how can we how can we get on the same page mm. in regards to what's going to happen and it's it's gonna it's a hot topic, guys. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I do feel like we have this moment with the Biden administration. Que si se va a hacer algo o se va a dar algo, se va a hacer en esta administración. Y si no lo hacemos ahorita, no se va a hacer nada. Like I, honestly, that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Like I really feel like now is the time. I we have to seize the moment. And if we don't get it together right now, that's it. I, I really yeah. have a hard time believing uh, yeah. something else is gonna come after the Biden administration. I think you're right because the first meeting that President Biden had in person was with DACA recipients. Right. That is huge. That sends a strong message. And I think, you know, they or or immigrant uh, brothers and sisters have been in the front lines during COVID. Right. They have uh, been, there's a huge number of DACA recipients that are nurses and doctors and right. that have been there taking care of us mm-hmm. during the toughest time that we can right. think of. They've earned their key. Yes. Give them status. DACA, you have to qualify to be DACA. You don't have to have any criminal records, which alone, the criminals don't, let's not go there, but the criminal system alone, like, you know, but that's let's, a little privilege. Yeah, too. let's also clarify criminal record could literally also mean like owing tickets, traffic tickets too. Yeah like yeah. and we all know we have like made many dumb decisions when you're young and yeah. so to add that type of pressure when your maturity is not there i yeah. think is also another strike of why the system is really built against us right yeah um so, again it's privilege right it's privilege mm-hmm. you any any layer of privilege and then you add immigration is that is the in those intersections where you find the most oppression right and i think it's just i think what's what's really hard to swallow is if if we were not talking about immigrants, are we holding even our own folks in the U.S. to those same standards, right? Yeah. Like, let's, yeah. let's be real. Like, how many people are out yeah. there? Like, Just <laughs> of course, season. we don't want you to drink and drive. Yeah. But, like, how many of your friends have had a, a DUI yeah. because they were stupid? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, let's be real. And should they be kicked out of their citizenship status? And just think about the citizenship test. I took the citizenship test like two years ago, I think. And I've had my husband who was born here and his friends take the citizenship test questions and they didn't pass. They were nowhere close to my answer. So, right. you know, I really think that people need to just learn. If you're not an immigrant, you haven't gone through the immigration process. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of information that you, a lot of things that you just haven't been exposed to. But if you have gone through right. the immigration process and you know how tough it is, Right. also get involved and and also like if you really don't know and you think it's easy call up an immigration attorney like tomorrow yeah. call them ask them hey can i a lot of them are like not even getting new clients because there's a full capacity yeah. and ask them how much they cost how much yeah. does this case cost right so it's it's not that easy so as is que andale apurate um ganas porque this is our time so yeah. definitely coming together and then rita tell us more about um voter registration yeah, so the andale, échale, apúrate for voter registration is para todos los que están escuchando, si estás registrado para votar, if you have already registered to vote, uh, make sure that you're voting by mail. So, asegúrate de que tu tarjeta de registro dice que vas a votar por correo. ¿Qué quiere decir? Que si no sabes lo que dice tu tarjeta, puedes ir a la página web del estado de California, puedes darle a Google, um, California voter registration, uh, and I believe I believe it's registertovote.ca, but just Google California voter registration, and you will find a button that says register to vote. If you already already registered to vote, you can still click that button and edit your registration, and it only takes five minutes. I actually oh, nice. just did it. Yeah, I actually just did it a couple of weeks ago to make sure that I was uh, registered to vote by mail. So say registered. They also have it in Spanish, they have it in different languages. And just make sure that it says register to vote by mail. That way you get your ballot and then you right. have more options. Because if you get your ballot, you can put it in the mailbox or you can take it to a, a voting location, you know, because you have your ballot. Yeah, and if you're anything like me, there's never a dual moment. There's something either, yes. you know, the cat, you know, yes. something happened with El Gato, yeah. mi mamá ya quiere esto, yeah. mi mamá necesita el otro, que la tía. Yeah. And que... elections here are on a Tuesday. <laughs> right? That's so crazy. Like in Peru, elections are on a Sunday. And it's like this family thing that everyone gets together for because it's a Sunday. It's just crazy. Like when are we going to like get, come together and just make voting like a national holiday? Yeah. Like for real. Like yeah. what is it going to take for us? And I think I think one of the cool things with this last big election was to see how many Latinos did show up. I mean, I was yeah. I was so inspired. I'll never forget. Shout out to the Latinos Latinx uh, from Las Vegas, seeing them in su charriada showing up with a banda oh, yeah. and just doing all of that like that 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 is inspiring so keep on posting videos um also yeah. chicas politicas if you're doing something in your community post po post something tag us on it like let us know what you're doing i want to see what other chicas politicas are doing whether you're in california yeah. in a different state maybe you know whatever it is are you feeling inspired like definitely send us an email at chicaspoliticaspodcast at gmail.com we're on facebook we are on instagram uh let us know what's going on yeah 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 um and if you have any questions like yesenia said just send them to our email chicaspoliticaspodcast at gmail.com 
we want to be reading your emails and see what you took from this episode what do you want us to talk about after you have questions we'll answer your questions during the podcast right. uh but yeah if you've been listening to this whole podcast thank you so much this is our first one we did it Yay! we're calling it a pilot but i think we I think we should just go with the first one. I think so, too. This is a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and every conversation with you, Yesenia, is always a good conversation. Igual, igual, amiga. <laughs> Así que todos los que nos están escuchando, muchas gracias por escuchar. Que tengan un buen fin de semana. No se olviden de registrarse para votar. No se olviden de poner atención a sus... Um, a candidatos para el 2022 ya hay que ponerse las pilas y comenzar a investigar y ya, yeah, cuídense mucho thank you so much for listening stay strong out there stay healthy, get vaccinated yes, échale ganas we need our community healthy and we need, estamos, el pueblo está presente so we gotta show up in numbers yes, 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 yes so ándale, échale, apúrate thank you so much for joining us today Thank you, Yesenia. Good job, Rita. Did it. <laughs> Bye, guys.